The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Sisters Speak. You are joined today in the studio with me, Sonia, and also we have... Me, Mariam. Thank you for joining us, Mariam. Um, we will have Farin who joins us um, in the second half of the show. And yeah, we are talking about... Well, before we start, would you like to tell the listeners what our show is about, Mariam? Yes, so our show is a platform for Muslim girls to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and form discussions on general topics such as religion, culture and politics, social media. We want to note that all opinions and views are our own and we respect all other opposing views. Thank you, perfect. And um, today we are talking about Muslim women and World Hijab Day. If you would like to join in the discussion and get in touch, how can they do that, Mariam? So you can contact us on one five eight two four eight one eight two two, or you can WhatsApp us at zero triple seven nine four eight one eight two two. We are also live streaming from Insta- uh, Facebook Live at Inspire FM, or you can contact us at Sister Speak on our Instagram. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Mariam. And yes, yeah, so as I mentioned, our main topic is Muslim women and also World Hijab Day, which is on the 1st of February, which happens every year. Um, but before we get into that in the second half of the show, in the first half, we're going to play a game called for Freshly Grounded. Well, that's a podcast and they made a game called The Game the freshly grounded game <laughs> i can't even say the words anymore um so we will be doing that but before that we will be doing our thought for the week and since there's no farine here yet would you like to go first mario yes um so i haven't been on radio for a long long time so it feels quite good to be back um i guess my thought of the week is just to recognize you're a lot stronger than you think you are and there will be often occasions where you feel at your lowest and you may not feel very strong but once you reflect that you've been through many challenges before and you've confronted them with resilience I think you should just really take a moment to pause and reflect on that and kind of internalize that you can confront this too um it's my very short thought of the week but it's something no that's short but sweet and kind of deep as well in a way so um you're basically saying you're stronger than you think you are yeah I think I think a lot of us have skills within us that we often kind of neglect or we haven't been aware of because we often undermine what we're capable of and so sometimes when we go through certain challenges in life, we think that we don't have the skills to confront them, but actually we do, and we have the resilience. Wow, I love that thought of the week. And I think I can resonate with that too, because again, it's that thing, like you often, I don't know if you're tired or you're just like, I'm done with this, I don't want to do it anymore. But actually, you have the strength to do it. You have the strength to deal with a lot of things. Um, so yeah, that's a great thought of the week. Thank you. I think it sprouted from the concept where, from the Quran where Allah says he does not burden a person more than they can handle and I think that's something that we really can internalize and it's true if you look back in your life there was moments where you thought you really could not go through a certain thing and you got through it and you're on the other side so I think just thinking about 100%. that in your own life trajectory will help you to navigate forward and I think the most comforting thing to know is that Allah's taking care of you you just have to do your best and he's taking care of the rest that rhymed <laughs> did you do that on purpose no, I did not. <laughs> do your best yes thank you so much for that and now for my thought of the week um I haven't really thought of a thought of the week. And, uh, well, I think mine would be, it's similar to yours. It's about strength. Um, but it's also like, don't be afraid to, well, it sounds very cliche, but don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and your little box that you know of and you have known of for years and years and years. Because even though you're so worried and scared, I always think, think back when you were like younger just any other scenario there's so many things you did that was the first time you did that or even like I don't know starting a new job or going to university how scared you were but you did it and you managed it and even if it was difficult okay then you found another one or you went to another place or you left university and did a different qualification like we were more I feel like well me I was more active in doing these things because I wasn't well I was maybe afraid but I kind of was like that's fine I'm going to be afraid but do it anyway Whereas as you get older, it's, it's like you slip into becoming this boring adult and you're like, no, but you just want stability and you want things as they are. But really, you, you stop yourself from learning and growing if you do that. So my thought of the week is to just keep trying and stepping out of the comfort zone and doing things that you wouldn't, you know, automatically do and just giving yourself that chance and trusting yourself to do it as well. I think I completely resonate with that. I think 
when we're younger, we take a lot of risks because we don't think about outcomes. We think about the journey. We're more fixated in how we feel and how we'll go through certain trajectories. But when we're older, we just want, as I said, and everyone would want stability, um, but we're very outcome-focused. I think that's what the issue is. Um, and we do think that there's less. we have less scope to take risks because it will affect or impede us from certain sort of opportunities um, in the future. But actually, I think one of the things that I was thinking about when, when taking risks is that know yourself as well. And then we talk about introspection most in almost every show. I feel like it's underpinned by Sister Speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think learning to recognize, okay, where, what are your shortfalls? What are you really good at? And yes, embark in this idea and pursue the idea of going out of your comfort zone. But don't put yourself in so much um, despair that you won't able to survive it. You need to put yourself in a space where it's out of your comfort zone, but you're able to kind of navigate it. It's uncomfortable, but you can get through it. But if you put yourself in somewhere that's very deep and deeply troubling, it's not conducive for you and you're not going to learn from it. So you have to actually know your own measures and to go through according to that. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. I mean, obviously, everything should be done with a bit of like, I guess you could, you know, like an educated guess, like yeah, an informed guess, informed yeah. guess, and educated leap of faith. Like, end of the day, you know, we have our guidelines we should follow in life anyway. You have your morals. You're not going to do something that you think mm. is completely random and out of the blue. You should do it for a reason as well. Obviously, if you want to grow or learn something or something that you've always wanted to do in a qualification, but you've just been afraid that you're not smart enough to do it. Well, if you know you're going to put the work in because you really like it, then you got to try, right? Yeah, I think having purpose and having intention is, is actually intrinsic in our, within our religion and it gives you that motivation and that discipline to navigate it. So yes, perfect. Thank you so much. I love both of our Thought of the Weeks this week. Um, but yeah, we can move on to our game. Let me just... I'm quite worried about this, to be honest. Usually I'm on the other side. <laughs> I know, and you ask me so many questions, so I get to ask you now. Um, let's go. So I've got a bunch of cards and... You know, I can skip some. You can skip them too if you don't want to. I'm fine with that. I'm not strict like you are. <laughs> I choose them. I select them. Oh, I'm just going to go random. Some of them, I think, will be too deep for our radio show. So, okay, let me just read this out. And if it doesn't make sense, we'll leave it. If someone could see your actions and not hear your words, what would they say your priorities are? I think my, they would see that my priorities is to facilitate change. Wow. And just from your actions? I think so, because they would see that I have competing priorities. And whilst I have a job, I also love doing voluntary. And they'll see that they have a greater purpose. I enjoy being in the company of people who are doing amazing work, but also that have purpose. So they'll see that I'm not someone that just wants to be stagnant. Wow, that's amazing, Mariam. Thank you. I'm not going to answer it. But actually, d does, does that resonate? Like, do you think that's a fair oh, yeah, I description? Oh, yeah, I definitely 100%. But it's because I know you. So, yeah, exactly. I know the things that you do. And you're very active when it comes to something that you're passionate about. You will do everything you possibly can to make that change. So that's actions, isn't it? So if someone was to see that, they would know. 100%. Thank you, Mariam. I, I, think should, I think you should answer the sorry, question. Sorry, I left such a big gap. And that was not dead air on radio. I was just reading them. Why are you most thankful to Allah for this week? This week? I can answer as well, but you go first. I think you go first. Um, well, this week is, if we're counting from Monday, it's been three days. Um, what I'm most thankful for? I think this week would be family. So having people that understand you and just know what you're like and you know fat like nobody is gonna ever know you the way your family know you right like they know what makes you happy what makes you sad they know what might trigger you and so on and even if you're your most weirdest self and you know if you're the, your worst self as well they still accept you and I was feeling a bit down earlier this week and you know family's always there for you and they just they let you be weird as well, I think. Because, like, some of my behaviour, sometimes I'm thinking, this is not going to be acceptable anywhere else. Um, but family, family accept you for who you are. So I'm grateful for my family this week. And you? Oh, thank you. I'm grateful for you too. <laughs> I meant and you. <laughs> but I'm grateful for you too, Mario. Don't you worry. I'm grateful for Sister Speak, okay? Sister Speak. I love our radio I, I knew that was a joke, but I just... Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> That's um, what I meant. <laughs> um, I'm grateful for... I think it, it kind of comes from um, my thought of the week. I just having that realization that I have everything within me to confront the things that I'm going through, the challenges that I'm going through. And secondly, 
it stems from having that belief in Allah and I really felt it this week that no one can do anything to me without the permission of Allah and I have Allah against everything else so I think I'm really grateful for that that feeling to come within me and this week when I really needed it um, and secondly I'm very grateful for my sister because she brought my baby my niece oh that's so sweet <laughs> so I love having time with her so I just feel like end of the day I just love cuddling was that her. this week? I mean, she's been here for like more than a week, but uh, <laughs> this week I just really needed her to hug. That's me. really nice. My yeah. baby. I call Aww. her my baby. She's my niece, but... <laughs> she's yeah. your child too. She is. <laughs> she is indeed. Shout out to my niece. Oh, <laughs> What's her name? Her name is Yusra. Yusra. Um, yes, may Allah grant her long and happy and healthy life. Inshallah. Ameen. So, what... Uh, oh, this is quite a good one. What about keeping in touch with people do you find the hardest? And I can say shout out to all my friends that are still friends with me, even though I'm so bad at replying back to texts. You want to answer that first then? Oh, gosh. Okay. So, yeah, um, it's like it's not hard to text my friends. I love my friends. Mm-hmm. That's why they're my friends. But I don't know. It's with, you know, you want it for me. I want to give time and energy and effort and have that conversation and that fun and make that catch up, and make those plans. But it's really hard to just reply. Also, I don't do phone calls often. I do them here and there. But it's not like my first choice of communication. What's interesting? Why is that? I don't know. I find talking on the phone a a bit intrusive sometimes. Really? Because, I mean, yeah, no. But again, if my friends want to call me, they can. But like, I don't know. I feel like when you're at home or or even if you're out, you're like, why are you calling me? I'm doing something. I don't know. It's really weird. Voice notes are okay. Because I like to reply in my own time. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm on the phone, I have to reply immediately. Which is really weird. This is a millennial, no, well, Gen Z, one of those. It's one of those problems. It's a young people problem, I think. Just saying, just putting it out there. Okay, an older person said that to me. I think, I, um, I think I'm the opposite. You like phone calls? I prefer phone calls. I'm less likely to respond to text messages. I have my notifications off. I just find it, because I feel like it's such a fragmented conversation. For me, it's the opposite. To me, it's just, really? if someone's messaging me, asking me how I am today, or if I ask them today, and then they reply to me two days tomorrow, well, I don't really know what happened the last two days, so it's just really? I just feel like it's a, such a broken conversation. I can't. I like it to. But be you can words. reply to each other instantly. Yeah, we on can. text. I know, but then it's instant. But then it's like, like you said, it's your own time. So if I have a message to you and we're having a conversation and something really interesting, and then you kind of not look. I shouldn't say log off, but as in like you just don't respond, and then you and rightly so. Oh, you, okay, and that fun isn't there anymore. Like if yeah, someone that is momentum is gone for me. Uh, momentum, yeah. That momentum is gone for me. So for me, it's just like there's. There's not blame in that conversation anymore. But then I use the whole point of this, the texting part, keep in touch. That's the hard part. But I will meet with my friends in real life. That's what I could do. Real life, face-to-face yeah, conversations, I prefer real life and I have interactions. Like, I prefer phone calls. Because then you can hear someone's voice. And if someone just said, I'm great, I'm fine, alhamdulillah. Like, I actually don't know. Like, maybe they're not fine. I can't hear it in their voice. Wow. Okay. So I just want That's to hear really the good. voice. I feel like it's a communication barrier for me. And yeah, it's just like, phone time is great for me. So, Wow. I literally can't do that. I think. And I feel like people, when I call them, they said, are you okay? I'm like, no, great. <laughs> I just thought it's easier to be. We're talking so much. We're both sitting there talking, texting. Why can't yeah. we just have a phone call? Oh, wow. Wow, that's something I can't do. <laughs> I can't do that. It's so weird. I just, I'm not very good at them. But yeah. in, in terms of answering your question, I think um, it was how often I keep... No, what about keeping in touch with people? Do you find the hardest? I think maintaining it and making it sustainable, Um and also, I think that actually fundamentally, I think that underpins all our problems is making the time to go see that person physically. Yes. I think that because that's the time that you actually get to spend time with someone and you build a bond. Yeah. Um, it's, I feel like the working week, you just dedicated to work and then Saturday, Sunday. Exactly. It's with your family or all the errands that you couldn't do that week. You have to do it on the weekend and then... All your own like, yeah, errands, chores, tidying, shopping, whatever you need to just do. Just so you can set yourself up. So the where do you week. see your friends? It's and done. my friends don't none of them live nearby that's just another burden that i have yeah that's really so then it's like traveling and then that takes a whole day out you know yeah. but yeah that's a very adult problem now isn't it not being able to see friends or keep in touch with them what's the solution do you think you just have to keep trying you know yeah. you just have to keep messaging and calling in your instance and making those meetups happen yeah. but also social media is kind of good because i can send someone a video or a meme and it's very low commitment and low energy, but it keeps the bond between us. That's true. <laughs> well, you know, if you see something funny and you just send it to your friend, like you don't have to think about it. 
and that's maintaining that friendship there as well yeah i think it's about priorities as well like if you want to meet with people um if, if everyone's willing to make some sacrifices i think even just seeing someone once a month is quite doable it's just you just have to carve that time out mm-hmm. so this is a uh, next question it might be the last one it's quite funny because it's about it's here it's very internal how can i improve my communication skills with you <sighs> and i know you have deadlines for me mariam that i haven't done um I think just just reaching out to me and telling me when you know when I res- when I say something uh, regarding sister speak mostly obviously um, just to let me know what you're thinking um, so I know that where your what's your position on like in terms of what they're okay so then I know and then if you can't do certain something offer alternative and how you can like just as alternative so if you can't do this I can do this so I know like what your capacity is so that helps me manage everyone else you're really good at communicating Mariam. So, so yeah really good like see this is because you take phone calls as well maybe that's <laughs> why but you're quite active you do a message and you know you put things into place mm, how can if I had to flip this question how can you improve communication skills with me I don't think I have any you don't need to improve anything that's so kind yeah I think I should be improving like you said I need well, to I, I welcome the feedback always I think that's something that I make sure all of you know that they always welcome feedback you do, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, this is an interesting question. We still have three minutes left. What's your best memory with me? Wait. Hmm. I think some of our Chaiwala days and yeah. Nando's days, they are good. We laugh Post-radio Chaiwala. I think also certain shows that we've had. Okay. Um, <laughs> with certain people. <laughs> how, about, how about the first show that we had back in the studio? Oh, that was so funny. And something fell. That was really funny. We've had any jokes that we've had in the studio when we burst out laughing when we're supposed to be presenting. That was terrible. For context, what happened was we came back to the studio after two years. I think it was due to COVID. And um, we were just kind of adjusting and climatizing ourselves in the, in the studio. And then there was... Um, our a, producer. A, our producer at that time. He was trying to pull something, but she was trying to gain his attention. But she kept pulling the wire. And I was hosting at that time and I was talking about narcissism, which is a very serious topic. And I burst out laughing because she tried to gesture to... I think I pulled a yeah. headphone to, to gesture to him because he wasn't getting, obviously he wasn't getting, like, looking we at me. That, we have that recorded somewhere. It's a very so funny video. So funny. So is that on YouTube? Probably. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so we've got uh, 50 seconds. I think seconds. it's just uh, the definitely post... Post-radio oh, do you think so? Meals, yeah. Our favourite memories together? Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes our TikToks that we've had to make, that Farine's made us do, they're good. I don't really like TikToks. So. They were fun, though, to video. They're fun. Any yeah, videos they're... that we've tried to take in the studio has been funny every time because we flop and we need to rehearse. We need rehearsals. Um, but, yeah, that is our game done for the first half of the show. That was a freshly grounded game. And the second half, please do join us again because we'll be talking about Muslim women and World Hijab Day. So we'll be talking a lot about that, what it means to us, how we can celebrate it and so on. If you do want to get in touch, we are on Instagram at Sisters Speak and obviously we're on Inspire 105.1 FM and we're on Facebook Live. Thank you guys. Asalaamu Alaikum From Ummah, may Allah be pleased with him, there is that he said, While we were sitting with the Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings be upon him, one day a man came up to us, whose clothes were extremely white, whose hair was extremely black, upon whom traces of travelling could not be seen, and whom none of us knew, until he sat down close to the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, so that he rested his knees upon his knees, and placed his two hands upon his thighs and said, Muhammad, tell me about Islam. The Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings be upon him, said, Islam is that you witness there is no God but Allah, and that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah, and you establish the prayer, and you give the zakat, and you fast Ramadan, and you perform the hajj of the house, if you are able to take away to it. The man said, you have told the truth. And we were amazed at him asking him and then telling him that he told the truth. He said, Tell me about Imam. The Prophet said, That you affirm Allah, his angels, his books, his messengers, 
on the last day, and that you affirm the decree, the good of it, and the bad of it. The man said, You have told the truth. He said, Tell me about Isan. The prophet said, That you worship Allah as if you see him. For if you do not see him, then truly he sees you. The man said, Tell me about the hour. The prophet said, The one who asked about it knows no more than the one asking. The man said, Then tell me about its signs. The prophet said, That the female slave should give birth to her mistress. And you see poor, naked, barefoot shepherds of sheep and goats competing in raising buildings. He went away, and I remained some time. Then the Prophet said, Umar, do you know who the questioner was? I said, Allah and his messenger know best. The Prophet said, He was Jibreel who came to you to teach you your religion. Narrated by Muslim. Shandaru Mehre Charhe Na 
पे रोशंदरु गुले बागे रिसालत पे लाखों सलाम मुस्तफा जाने You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to Sisters Speak. You are here joined with me, <laughs> joined here with me, Sonia, and I'm also here with Mariam. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. Is Fareen here with us? How are we going to know? Fareen, are you here with us? I don't think so. But if she does join, we're ready to accept our friend on the show. We are talking about World Hijab Day, which was founded by Nazma Khan in 2013. And it takes place every year on the 1st of February. It takes place in 140 countries worldwide. And it's stated that its purpose is to encourage women of all religions and backgrounds to wear and experience the hijab for a day and to educate and spread awareness on why the hijab is worn. Okay, this is a great topic and we will be talking just about Muslim women in general and World Hijab Day together, what it means, how we can celebrate Muslim women and their achievements. Before we go into it, I would like to ask you, Mariam, why you chose this topic for us today. I think it's really important to celebrate Muslim women and all the amazing achievements that they have, but also to kind of have solidarity from the negative experiences that we have. Um, More often that it's it's kind of neglected or it's not um, on the surface level. And I think what's really interesting about how this day has been coined and occurred is specifically from Nazma, who is from the USA. Um, She had a very negative experience when she was growing up and she was the only one that's wearing hijab. And when um, certain incidents happened in the USA, uh, she started to feel very direct discrimination and she felt very awful about it. And so therefore she decided that there needs to be some sort of solidarity across the world to understand what is the hijab and how does it feel like to wear one. Um, So I think for most women, I think it's really important to recognize that this is something that empowers us and I think having a space to talk about it and talk about Muslim women achievements is is really significant, especially in the climate that we're in, um, because sometimes institutionally we might feel that we're impeded with certain opportunities, but to hear about amazing women and celebrating them, it really does give inspires us and it gives us that hope that we can continue to do the amazing work that we want to do. Yeah, that's perfectly summed up, I think, what World Hijab Day is for and also, I'm glad you said that um, because a lot of people, and you'd be surprised, I mean, you gave an example of Na- Nazma, who's from the USA, but here in the UK, and I'm talking about in our very own hometown, people don't know what hijab is. They don't know what it is. They're confused. They may believe things that they see in the media, some rhetorics that are not correct, that have been made up, and it just carries on. And it's like, instead of all of this incorrect information, we need the right information from the right people. Um, but yeah, I like the idea. I mean, I like the sound even. I didn't know there was a World Hijab Day. And it's positive at the end of the day. That's that's the main thing. 
I think it's celebrating our differences, and I think that's what's really important is to recognize that we all are human beings um, at the end of the day, and we all have different aspects to us. We come from different heritage heritages, and we have different ideological beliefs. But what connects us is that we're human beings, and we have empathy, and we should just connect on a human level. Um, and just understanding those differences is just asking. Hundred percent. Thank you. So that kind of does cover our first question, which is how did World Hijab Day come around, and what significance does it hold for Muslim women globally? Um, I, st- I mean, I did mention that I didn't know what it was, so I think it is still kind of new. I mean, this would be its eleventh year, um, so I think it's just growing that awareness and support for it. Um, but we're just going to jump straight into it. Can you share a personal story or experience related to wearing the hijab? that had a profound impact on your identity or sense of self? I think um, wearing the hijab has given me autonomy over myself and I feel like I have that choice to decide to wear the hijab. And I think having a choice of how I dress, you might think that everyone has that choice, but actually there's so much hate crime against Muslim women that wear hijab. Um, And I think having that ability to recognize that I have a certain ideological belief and I want to be unapologetic about it makes me feel really strong and it makes me feel very powerful because I I uphold my beliefs and values and I'm able to um, you know work and do all the amazing things that I want to do um, despite having those barriers um, against me and I think Muslim women are so strong and so powerful because despite even being a women woman um, you have statistically challenges to work to be in the workforce and so then you're wearing a hijab as well there's an added barrier and so for women to be in major roles and doing influencing change that just shows the caliber that we have had we not wearing hijab and had we not had these um barriers before us imagine where would these kind of women go we we're fighting against so much it's multifaceted these barriers are multifaceted and yet we're still thriving and i think that's such a beautiful thing yeah and, and I think well, you mentioned a lot of things there. So we spoke about the barriers that women face and also the autonomy and the strength that it gives you because, well, we can just go straight into what kind of perceptions do people have of women wearing the hijab, what it means to wear the hijab. And in general, there are barriers, in not maybe not the UK. It could be out of town. It could be... Um, it could be her people's personal feelings mm-hmm. and it could just be actual government of countries, right? So let's start with the obvious one. I put that in quotation marks. What people think the hijab is because of incorrect media representations. So I'll give an example. Uh, a lot of the time um, in the past, like 30 years, probably more than that, actually. Haven't been around that long to know. But, you know, you see this representation, mm-hmm. which is like, Muslim women, so and so and so and so, and then they'll put that together with something that's completely untrue, which could be like they don't have a choice, uh, they are forced to do this, um, they're being, you know, this oppressed. I don't even want to say the word that that's just like become a joke now almost. That whole Muslim women being oppressed I'm so wrong that when people say that but that is something that I've seen in the media and I've seen people actually believe these things you know people don't know so where do you think that even comes from I think it's the idea that not everyone follows the status quo and when you uphold a certain ideological belief that's against everyone else's it becomes foreign to them and it becomes alienated and it also could come from the whole aspect of colonization where people are othered for having difference views are coming from from the east and the west and um, Edward Sayyid talks a lot about this in his book in Orientalism um, but going back to your question I do think that there's a lot of stereotypes attributed to Muslim women wearing the hijab um, and also you know when certain when you know certain people do heinous crimes is attributed to our religion and therefore Muslims are seen as regressive and hysterical and irrational um, against the backdrop of in uh, the West being the superior in terms of morality, but actually we can. T- those questions are now being, you know, put in the air now as we're seeing uh, the climate that we're going through um, in in terms of war zones and where is the morality? Because I still find it very, um, I find it very questionable that we're thinking about the ce- a ceasefire when people are dying, and I think a lot of people have the same question that we don't have any answers, and it's very difficult for people to digest on a human level and how we're seeing so much suffering. 
Um, so I think for me personally, it's just understanding those nuances. Um, so you spoke about colonialism and I think that's really important to touch on because obviously before, like not before that, but in general, mm-hmm. people have always lived the way they've lived in different areas of the world or in their countries and their tribes or in their cultures and their faith and beliefs. But when there is an agenda and when there is something that needs to be pushed, an agenda, propaganda uh, for whatever purpose, whatever reason, then things, something has to be divided, something has to be picked on, something has to be portrayed as negative and bad. Mm-hmm. This is why we're doing this, don't you guys worry, right? And we've all heard it because, I mean, even in our lifetime, you hear about in the West going into countries saying, oh, we're doing this for the purpose of these Muslim females because we want to help them and we want to save them and so on and so on. But I'm sure, I'm really glad now actually that people are learning because they research themselves and we have you know loads of different avenues to learn because they're like where is that now when you want to save muslim females we need saving everywhere yes so when you think about iran and the whole the whole kind of fiasco that happened with the hijab um, and then you think about what's happening in occupied palestine um you think about where is the consistency so where's the consistency where women are using scraps as sanitary pads where's the feminism it really does beg those questions and i think we need to be really critical um, in understanding that if there's going to be a notion, it needs to be attributed to every instance. There has to be consistency. Yep. And so therefore, then, who are we? whose life is worth more? And I think those are the questions that we have to start to think about. When is the life worth more? When it's part of an agenda, as we've mentioned, to, for colonization or for whatever, you know, whatever they might need from that country? Or when it's like, well, oh, that doesn't affect me, that woman, so I'm just going to leave her now. Where was the saving there? Yeah, I think my opinion is just just try to be critical. Just try to think about these questions and think about how does it how is one kind of question um available or one kind of support is available for one group of people against another. And I think that's where my kind of thoughts and views are on. Yes. Well said, Mariam. Very well said. Um but yeah, just going back to the obviously the question of stereotypes surrounding Muslim women who wear the hijab um, I think so as I mentioned a few of them I quoted a few of them uh, I think another one of them is that um, this is again these are old stereotypes now I, I really hope that it doesn't exist but obviously one of them is like she doesn't have the freedom to do what she would like to do and I mean I'm looking at you right now in front of me you're wearing the hijab you're on radio um, what would you say to someone that maybe looked at you and thought you've been you'd wear the hijab or you've been forced to wear the hijab and now you can't do what you want to do in life? I would say, where does this notion come from? Really unpack it. Where does it, whittle it down to, where have you heard this from? Have you spoken to multiple Muslim women that wear the hijab? Have you looked at them? Have you discussed with them why, why you believe in this way or had discussions with them? I think a lot of problems can be solved by dialogue um, and that that does take willingness from yourself to be a bit open-minded and to go out there and talk to people. And one kind of example does come to mind, um, and I think a lot of people might know her, Noor Tagori from the USA, and she kind of narrates her story where she was wearing the hijab and she wanted to become a upcoming journalist, but many newsrooms rejected her or they had apprehension that if she wears the hijab, it will impede her from getting certain milestones or successes. But she still unapologetically wore her hijab. And I think that is a symptomatic of a larger problem in how it's you have to succumb to a certain view to for you to succeed and if you don't then you're going to face barriers yeah and i think what she did was so amazing first of all because you know it's really really tricky it must be so tricky to just think am i like how much do i this is my faith this is something that's so you know strong in my life something that i held so dearly but i also do want to have this career and go for these opportunities but the thing is, she is a successful journalist. Like I know her, and you know her, and I'm sure many other people know her as well. I've seen her. I've seen her on, you know, reporting the news and so on many years ago, actually. So she's been successful for quite some time. Um, so I think it does beg the question: Why are these barriers there? Why is it a barrier? Why can you not do better? Why can you not climb higher if you're wearing the hijab? What is the reason for that? I think it's a very big question, very loaded. Um, but I think. I don't really have one single answer. I don't. Think, I think it's multifaceted yeah. and it comes. It's very circumstantial. Um, but I think one of the important aspects to recognise now is allyship. 
allyship is allyship is very very important in terms of when you work in institutions when you're working um when you're in kind of any environment that you have people to support you in terms of your ideological beliefs and they can champion you um especially when you have these certain barriers because they they have this conscious understanding of you and what your heritage is and your ideological beliefs to allow you to thrive and you know we talk about allyship in in many different ways but i think for muslim women it's understanding that we have these barriers and we have these beliefs in even to to uh, so far uh, to go to say that we don't you know touch the opposite gender and shaking hands and that kind of seems very foreign to other people because we're, we're expected to be accessible to everyone else but that's not something we choose to do and that should be appreciated and championed um and it's sometimes quite funny because i studied english literature and i look at the victorian culture and a lot of our values is very aligned to that so really we are I would say we're quite more traditionally British than a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. So Even in the dress says if you look at Victorian clothes, we we dress at the end of the day, right? It's a really weird one because it's there's so much culture and like religious culture as well or like religious kind of attire and traditions like you mentioned that obviously were present in this country that no longer are, which is fine. But the question arises then why do you want to stop or why do you question when other people want to believe that because that's completely up to them right as long as it doesn't harm you mm-hmm. and i think that's what really sometimes annoys me personally and i'll give an example of like when governments try to impose bans and impose laws to stop people from expressing their religion when it doesn't harm anybody else because they will put it under the guise of no we want women to have the freedom but that is a give you're taking away freedom from a woman you're directly taking away the freedom for the woman to choose to wear the hijab but you'll allow women to wear other things how does that make sense yeah i think having the freedom to express yourself and express yourself um in the way that doesn't is not controlled is something that we should really think about um and i think personally for me i've known people that come from these kind of countries where they're not allowed to wear certain uh, article of clothing because it's seen as oppressive and regressive um <clears throat> and i just think that okay well this i think it's a larger problem as well if you think about it symptomatically um it's a systemic thing and i think that's why world hijab day is a really important um event or or a day because it allows people to recognize muslim women are thriving and they're successful and they have their own beliefs and thoughts and they have their autonomy and they have their own agency to make decisions and they're doing very well so i think it's just having fostering that understanding across the world is hugely important because then when policies are created um and policy processes are very lengthy so you have to you have to go through a lot of hoops to get through a policy to be delivered so if that understanding is not present then someone along the line should be critiquing that so i think is one step way forward having a day dedicated for people to celebrate it to understand to foster understanding will allow to mitigate that larger symptomatic we and it's a, it's a slow process as well as yeah so i think a lot of it lies on like you said if someone doesn't understand it who have they spoken to have you spoken to a woman in a hijab do you know why she wears it do you know the reasoning behind it and also i just think sometimes i personally believe speaking to one person isn't enough I mean you wouldn't with anything if I wanted to know if I actually genuinely were interested in something I wanted to be an expert in it you know like reading one book might not be enough it's the same thing one person will always represent themselves even if they are wearing a hijab they were it's them in a hijab it's not the whole world the whole you know so it's important to really look out there and I think one of the questions you did mention was how has social media played a role in shaping the narrative around the hijab and how can it be used utilized positively to promote awareness and understanding and my take on that is representation is so important and obviously when you have social media you basically have a global representation so it's you can understand someone that's giving you the answers you expect somebody that's in a field that you would never have expected but wearing a hijab somebody that's like oh my god me and her are exactly the same but you could be an a person that doesn't wear a hijab or you could be a man but have be so similar because obviously like you mentioned we all human at the end of the day right um and i think that is the biggest positive of social media but also media in general so i was actually watching a tv show and 
I know this is like a this is like an ongoing thing. When a girl in a Western show often wears a hijab, she often also takes it off, which is a very controversial like topic in general. But my point is, when a woman is wearing a hijab in a show, but the, that has nothing to do with her character or role, I actually really like that sometimes. The reason why I like it is because for those who may have never seen a hijab before or don't know what it is, they see it there and then it doesn't define her whole, like as a whole. It may be a big part of her, but if she is a detective or if she is a mother or a teacher, that's who she is and that's what the story's about and the story can continue playing out. That won't have anything to do with it. She won't have to take a hijab off to rescue someone or she doesn't, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's not... Her being Muslim and a hijabi isn't the main storyline. And I think that's so important because it needs to be seen as something that is normal. You may see it, you may not see it. A Muslim woman can be wearing it and that's who she, it's part of who she is. It's not going to change her and make her any less human. Yes, there may be things, like you said, you may, she may not shake your hand or she may dress a bit differently to you. And we everybody has their differences, right? And their beliefs. So what was your point on the whole media and representation kind of side of things? Yeah, I think I echo what you say. I think having social media can really mobilise people's understanding and kind of question and um, break down stereotypes that are attributed to Muslims wearing the hijab, but also, again, educate people. Um, and I like that point that you make um, in terms of having shows that have have these characters that are doing uh, any storyline, but it's just a part of her. And just how if someone was to have crazy hair, I don't know how, maybe purple hair, you wouldn't just say, oh, her whole identity and personality is her purple hair. You wouldn't do that. Yeah. You would, you would recognise her, her name, you'd identify her. So I think we need to stop shrinking people or minimising people's identities just to one area. Sure, it's it's a part of them. And if they if they believe that that's their whole agenda, let them speak for that. Exactly. For you to kind of come to that c- conclusions. I think it's just really important to take a step back because you would not want the same. You, if you imagine you you kind of had an interest or you start to believe something and you start to wear a certain article of clothing, you wouldn't want someone to just completely address you in that way, unless you uh, if you had the choice. But you would want that choice, I think. Yeah, and I think a lot of it it does come down to, and I'm trying to be like give the benefit of the doubt here, but it comes down to just not unknowing what it is. Obviously, when people see something new, often they are just like, "Oh, what's that?" Like I'm not used to seeing that. So that's part of media's job here. Like make it more known, make it more seen. That's what World Hijab Day is for as well, right? Um, and I mentioned it on a show before. Like I was literally in the next town from here. I was in Milton Keynes, and somebody said oh, what's that girl? Is she wearing a headband? And I thought, really? Headband? Like, even in English culture, that's a scar- it's still a scarf. It wasn't the a headband. The queen used to wear a scarf. Come on, people. <laughs> the queen used to wear a scarf, exactly. I mean, a scarf is very normal. If it's cold, you might wear a scarf around your head as well. Or if you're going to like a classy event, you may wear a scarf. So, yeah, when she said headband, I was quite shocked because I thought, you really don't know what that is. And then I just realised how people may not actually know. So you can't really expect them to know anything else. They might not know beyond a stereotype because they have never seen it or yeah. spoken to someone. I think having cultural competency is very important and, and being conscious of other people. And that takes willingness. You live in a very diverse country. Go out and learn, go out and learn about people. You just have to go to your workplace. You just have to go out and speak to people. Well, actually, I think workplaces should take responsibility and that should be something that they, first of all, you should be hiring people of diversity anyway, but also that could be training that has to be done. That's mandatory because you should know these things, you know, it's a protected characteristic. Do you think that I think uh, do you think those kind of trainings are and usually trainings are just the first week? you do it, it's a tick box exercise. Do you think they actually develop understanding or do you think it should be punctuated throughout the year? I mean, I don't know. It depends on the company. I mean, there should be refreshers and so on anyway. They should be, yeah, I get what you mean. It should be legit, not a tick box exercise. Mm. Like you've started, get do these trainings and then we'll move on to the real work. Like, no, it should be something that's remembered and refreshed and taken seriously. Or even just celebrating your work, uh, um, task force or your workforce by having cultural days and doing things that will make actually your team feel a sense of belonging. If yeah. you have a diverse team, and you should have a diverse team. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good idea, actually. I think more workplaces or schools, establishments, wherever you are, should foster these kind of ideas because you could be opening people's eyes to things that they don't know and educating people, like you said. I mean, 
we are too much of a global society to not know and respect these things about each other. And even from a business case and point of view, there's so much statistics to suggest, to suggest that when, when uh, employees have a sense of belonging, or even students, they're more conducive to you thrive. So you would want your company to have people that are thriving, surely. Definitely. I have one more question here, which was how can society better understand the importance of personal choice in this matter? I think just being open-minded. Just being open-minded and question yourself if you have a certain absolute notions about someone where does that derive from and how many people have you talked to in person who have those lived experiences that share the same view that you have i think that's what you need to answer um, question yourself and see if you see what the answer is yeah okay and again like we said you have the internet the world people around you definitely be open-minded and try and ask questions and lived experience is very important because you're talking to someone that is actually going through it as opposed to just i think sometimes the internet can be a quite a slippery slope because it could be people having an opinion on something without actually going through it okay that's a very good point you made and actually i second that because i've seen in my own workplace like when these this topic comes and so on and it's often people answering that mean well but have not lived the experience because you're a man so it's like if you are just think can you be are you the expert in this topic can you be an expert in this topic when you haven't lived the experience like you've said Mariam um so yeah definitely and you are now the person and sister speak who's going to be our spokesperson for this <laughs> if anybody wants or has any questions you know feel free to get in touch right <laughs> if you want to get in touch you can call us on 01582481822 or whatsapp us at 0779481822 if you are listening to the recorded live on iTunes or Spotify then you can contact us, contact us on Sister Speak we'd love to hear your thoughts yeah that's on Instagram at Sister Speak and 100% like DM us or comment on our posters or pictures or whatever let's not stop the conversation here exactly and like we said Mariam is happy to talk about her lived experiences as a Muslim woman wearing a hijab so thank you so much Mariam and please do tune in next week everybody that is the end of our show today so tune in again we'll be back uh, on Wednesday at 6pm Sister Speak on Inspire 105.1 FM so please do join us and we're going to talk about a new topic next week thank you all and We'll be back next week. Asalaamu Alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at inspirefmluton.